Psalm 23. And I will tell y'all that uh, I, I'm, I'm born and, and bred here in South Carolina. I mean, and I'm sorry, in Kentucky. But as a preacher, y'all, I got South Carolina all up in me. Amen. So we used to call and response. Amen. So that simply means that you got to talk back to me. Amen. And let me know that you're in the house with me. And so I, I beg your prayers and solicit your prayers. When you have Psalm 23, please say amen. amen. My version reads, the Lord is my shepherd. I shall not want. He maketh me to lie down in green pastures. He leadeth me beside the still waters. He restoreth my soul. He leadeth me in the path of righteousness for his name's sake. Here's my part. Yea, though I walk through the valley and the shadow of death, I will fear no evil. Israel, you ought to shout, for thou art with me. Thy rod and thy staff, they comfort me. Thou, his, Lord, have mercy. Thou preparest the table before me in the presence of mine enemies. Thou anointest my head with oil. My cup runneth over. Tell your neighbor, say, surely goodness and mercy shall follow me all the days of my life and I will dwell in the house of the Lord forever. Amen. Put your hands together. You may be seated in the presence of the Lord. Verse 1 says, the Lord is my shepherd. I want to preach from the subject this morning, the characteristics of a good shepherd. Characteristics of a good shepherd. Brothers and sisters, some scholars suggest That Psalms 23 is described as one of the most beloved of the Psalms. The great theologian Charles Spurgeon once said that Psalm 23 is the pearl of the Psalms. Well, another preacher noted that Psalm 23, in fact, is the John 3.16 of the Old Testament. Amazingly, the young, old, churched, and unchurched know it, use it, and consider it to be the testimony of their lives. In fact, some rappers use it in their lyrics. And some people even go so far as to getting it written on their bodies in the form of a tattoo. 
The 23rd Psalm is memorized by children. It's recited at weddings. It's read at sick beds. It's preached at funerals. It's consulted in counseling sessions. Nevertheless, some suggest that just by reading verse 1 alone, Psalm 23 could be argued to be the psalm of King David. But although some have concluded that Psalm 23 is penned by King David, interestingly, it is not clear if David composed it as a young boy or as a wise old king. It is not clear if David wrote it during a period of tranquil reflection or a season of threatening difficulties, but what we do know is, is that despite whatever it was that David was going through, David was able to declare that the Lord is my shepherd. Amen. Now, right away in the text, if you have a pen and paper, please note this. David makes two things clear and plain about the God that he is referring to in the text. The first thing that David makes clear about the God that he is referring to in the text is that the God that he is referring to is not just any old type of God. In fact, when David places a V in the front of Lord, David immediately immediately declares that the God that he is referring to here in Psalm 23 is set apart from any other God. Then I draw your attention to the fact that the God that David is referring to here in the text is a God that is set apart because whether we realize it or not, or choose to be honest with ourselves and acknowledge it, there are some other gods. Oh, help me. Holy ghost. Besides the God that exists amongst Christian believers. You see, I know that we are saved and filled with the Holy Ghost. But listen, just because we are saved does not mean that we are perfect. I think I ought to say that again. Y'all quiet on me today. Just because we are saved does not mean that we have it all together. Because if we could be honest with ourselves, even for some of us, those of us who are in the church, sometimes the God that we serve is not the same God that was before was came into being. Yeah. Some of us might serve the God I like to call money. Some of us. Our God might be drugs. Some of us. Our God might be alcohol. Y'all might as well say amen. Some of us might be indulging in fornication. For some of us, we might serve lying. For some of us, we might serve cheating. For some of us, we might get a thrill out of gossip. For some of us, we might like to watch other people suffer. And if you're anything like me, for some of us, we may like to eat and can't push back away from the table. But from the pulpit to the back door. All of us have some type of idol God that we worship. But David declares 
that the God that he is referring to here in Psalm 23, David says he's bigger than money. He's bigger than cars. He's bigger than people. In fact, David says that he's more bigger than life itself. David confirms his delight in God by saying that the Lord is my shepherd. But then the second thing that David makes plain about the God that he is referring to here in Psalm 23 is that David says you've got to have a personal relationship. Everybody say relationship. David makes it clear that he and God have a personal relationship because when David spoke of the Lord being his shepherd, here it is, Pastor Williams, David said, the Lord is my shepherd, which notes or indicates that David belongs to God and God belongs to David. In other words, before David even had a chance to benefit from the privileges of the Lord being his shepherd, David first realized that he had to have a personal relationship with God. And what David might be trying to suggest to us at the outset of this text is that we cannot call the Lord our shepherd until we first make the conscious decision to have a relationship with God. And if my opinion matters at all, brothers and sisters, I believe that the reason why God has made it so that one of the prerequisites that we must uh, fulfill before we can have the Lord as our shepherd is that we first establish a committed relationship is because sometimes we confuse our desire to have or be the beneficiary of God's presence, P-R-E-S-E-N-T-S, which is used to describe money, cars, and simply the likes of stuff with us having a desire to be in God's spiritual presence, P-R-E-S-E-N-C-E-E, which is the term used to have or to describe the desire to be in God's company. And you see, whenever we put our desires for God's tangible presence in front of our desire to be in God's spiritual presence, What we do is communicate to God that we are really not interested in being in a relationship with him so that we can provide him honor and praise that he deserves. But what we do is we instead communicate to him that the only reason why we want to be in a relationship with him is so that we can take from him. Y'all going to help me preach this? And when we communicate to him that the only reason why we want to be in a relationship with him is so that we can take from him, what we are also communicating is that as soon as he gives us his tangible presence, we are not even going to stay around long enough to develop a spiritual relationship with him. And if we don't put ourselves in a position to have a spiritual relationship with him, then what we do is, is that we show him that we're not going to turn to him 
and ask him to show us how to be good stewards over his tangible presence. Oh, help me, Holy Ghost. David says, the Lord is my shepherd, Pastor Williams, because he understands that without God, he simply cannot make it. Now, I think I need to tell somebody here today that it doesn't matter what degree you got on your wall. It doesn't matter what title you have on your nameplate at work. It doesn't matter how much money you have in the bank account. It doesn't matter if your mama, your daddy built one or put one of the first bricks in Forest Baptist Church. At the end of the day, if what you do for Christ or what you don't or do is not for Christ, it won't last. And David says that the Lord is my shepherd. In other words, David wants it to be understood that I follow Christ. I gave my Aunt Faye the mic. She would always tell me that only what you do for Christ will last. Well, the first reason why we should consider the Lord our good shepherd, look at the text. Number one, because the Lord guides us and protects us. Oh, come on. That's a good reason to call the Lord your shepherd. <clears throat> the Lord guides us. And the Lord protects us. Well, how do we know this? Let's look at verse 1. The, verse 1 says, the Lord is my shepherd. And according to Dr. Philip Keller, the author of the book, What a Shepherd Looks Like, the reason why we as sheep need a shepherd to take care of us is because we as sheep are not aware of all of the various pitfalls that life will present. In other words, we need a shepherd to lead us because, because of the sake of sin, we don't have enough sense to guide ourselves. Oh, come on, help me, Holy Ghost. And the reason why it's evident that we don't have enough sense to guide ourselves is because some of us have gotten ourselves into some situations in 10 minutes that has taken us over 10 years to recover from. Oh, y'all ain't going to help me. <laughs> David says, the Lord is my shepherd because the Lord, y'all, has the ability to see my end before my beginning even starts. Y'all going to help me. David says that I serve God and I see God as my shepherd because God is a God at the outset of my beginning, has went to my end, has made provisions in the middle, has come back to the beginning, is walking me through the rest of the process. David, David said, I need the Lord as my shepherd. Man, I'm feeling South Carolina creeping up on me. David says that the Lord is my protector. And I understand, I understand why some of us can't say amen at the fact that God guides us and protects us. And the reason why I understand that some of us can't say amen is because sometimes when God has to uh, lead us and guide us, it doesn't feel good. Yeah, sometimes because of sin, whenever God has to get us back on track, he has to take us through a process. Everybody say process. And sometimes we don't like having to go through God's process because God's process doesn't always feel good. 
Sometimes in God's process, he has to break us. Sometimes in God's process, he has to do surgery on our hearts and surgery on our spirits and surgery on our minds and surgery on our bodies. And whenever God has to put a knife on us, it doesn't always feel good. But I thank God for pastors like Pastor Williams that when I come to church, he's not going to tell me what I want to hear. He, he's not going to tickle my ear. He's not going to tickle my fancy. He, he's not going to lie to me and tell me that things are going to always be all right. When the truth of the matter is that some things won't be all right until we decide to change. David says that the Lord is my shepherd, but he has to take me through a process. But y'all, I thank God that God breaks me sometimes. Cha-cha, I thank God that he has to take me through some stuff sometimes. And you know what? I learned to praise God whenever he has to break me because whenever God breaks me, he has his hand on me. I thought I would get more help than that. Some, somebody ought to say, thank you, Lord, for having your hand on me. And I understand that whenever God is breaking us, sometimes you are not able to see the fact that what God is taking you through is actually helping you and not hurting you. Come on. Somebody ought to praise God right up through there. Because the truth of the matter is, is that if he would have allowed you to be in a relationship with some of the people that you wanted to be in a relationship with, if God would have allowed you to marry some of the people that you wanted to marry, if God would have allowed you to have gotten that job that you wanted to have or that car that you wanted to get in actuality you would have strayed further away from God but I thank God that God knows what's best for me more than I know what's best for me God I guess I'm preaching myself David says that the Lord is my shepherd a couple years ago there was a movie came out everybody remember the movie Love and Basketball in that movie, Omar Epps, Shania Lathan, Quincy McCall, Monica Wright. Y'all remember that? Oh, come on. We remember loving basketball. There's a scene in the movie where Monica's on the basketball team. Her coach is riding her and riding her, always getting on her. Monica always feels as if the coach has something against her. One day she goes into her coach's office and says, Coach, why is it that you're always riding me? I'm always at practice. I work hard. I'm faithful. The coach allowed her to finish. And then she looked at Monica and said, Well, if I don't get on you, that's when you are to worry. She said, the reason why I ride you the way I do, the reason why I drill you the way I do is because there is some potential in you that you can't see. And I know that the only way to get it out of you is that I've got to be on you. I've got to stay on you. And brother and sister, I've come here today to tell you whoever it is that is in our midst, maybe somebody came here today ready to throw in the towel. 
Maybe somebody came here today ready to throw up that flag of surrender. Maybe somebody in under the sound of my voice have said that I've had enough of this church stuff. I, I've tried to walk with God. I've tried to do things God's way, but it seems like the more I try to take one step forward, life is knocking me back three steps more, and I'm tired of coming to church and dealing with stuck-up people who talk about me and gossip about me and then want to get up and say I praise the Lord when in actuality there are more heathens not at Forest but at some other places more heathens in the church than outside of the church and they've said I've had enough I'm sick and tired of these hypocrites but by chance if you are ready to give up I've come here today to tell you don't you throw in the towel don't you give up on your faith don't you give up on your family keep the faith be not dismayed whatever be tired because here it is whenever God is on you he's not writing you off he's not giving up on you but he's trying to pull some stuff out of you to make you better David says that the Lord is my shepherd. He guides me. But then, here's the thing. David then shows us that the Lord is our good shepherd. Because the Lord provides our needs. Oh man, that's a place to shout. God is a good God because he provides our needs. Lord is my shepherd. I shall not want. The NIV translation says, the Lord is my shepherd. I have everything I need. I think I ought to tell somebody here today that you ought to praise God for being a God that provides our needs and not our wants. We can praise God because he may not give us everything we want, but he always, oh, come on, can I use some Christian jargon right up in here? He may not come when you want him. But do I have a witness that he's always. Oh, come on, come on, come on. He's always. Doctor give you a bad report. He's always. Pink slip on the job. He's always. That spouse that you gave your heart to walked out on you. He's always ways them children you raised the best way you could they still went wayward but he's all ways right on time lord have mercy god provides us our needs well how can you say he provides my needs and i'm sick well There are some people who live a better life by accident than we've lived on purpose. But this morning, when the sun rose, they didn't get up 
but as messed up, jacked up, and taught from the floor as we are. God, look beyond my faults. I wish I had an organ right up through here. And saw my knees. Lord, I mean, it's creeping up on me early. We ought to praise God. Because God always, always comes through. There once was an old lady, she was raising a grandson. Grandson would always give her issues, always give her problems. But every time he would mess up, she would tell him, boy, one day, you're going to get your life together. One day, you're going to make some out of yourself. Fast forward, the young man grew up, Pastor Williams, made something out of himself. Started a family. Was able to establish some wealth. Went back to his old grandmama and said, Grandmama, you remember when I was a little boy? She said, yes. Remember I used to act a fool all the time? She said, yes. Lord, yes. He said, how was it that every time... I would mess up. You would always find the strength to tell me, boy, one day you're going to get it together. You're going to make something out of yourself. She said, son, grab that old Bible on my dresser. Open that old Bible up, start reading it. Young man, start going through the pages. He would get to certain spots in the Bible. The Lord is my shepherd. He would see where the grandmother wrote TP next to the Lord is my shepherd. He would go somewhere else. The Lord is my salvation. Whom shall I fear? TP next to it. All things work together for the good of them who love the Lord and are called according to his purpose. TP next to it. Say, Grandmama, why is it that in certain spots in the Bible, you would have TP written next to the verse. Grandmama said, boy, you remember every time you would get in trouble and I would tell you that everything's going to be all right. He said, yes. She said, well, what I was doing was I was going through God's word. And every time you would do something and I didn't grab you by your neck and choke you to death. Every time you would get in trouble and I didn't throw my hands up and just give up on you. I would write TP next to the verse. The young man said, what? Grandmama, what does TP stand for? She said, TP stands for tried and proven. She said, every time you would mess up, I would go through the Bible. And during those moments where I want to give up on you, I would say, the Lord is my shepherd. And I would try the Lord as my shepherd and put tried and proven. Every time you would jack up, I would go. All things work together and put tried and proven. She said, but it didn't hit me until that day you walked across the graduation stage with your master's degree. And I started thinking about all those professors who said that you would never amount to anything. And every time I thought about them teachers that said that you would never amount to anything, that you would just be another statistic. Each time I went through the word and I put tried and proven. And she said, what God did through you was, was that God showed me that I just can't be a reader of the word. I just can't be a hearer of the word. 
but I've got to be a doer of the word. And I'm here to tell somebody today that whenever you find yourself with your back against the wall, whenever you are ready to give up on God, you ought to take about 30 seconds and think about all the things that he's brought you through. And the next time the devil wants to remind you about this and that that you're dealing with in your present, you ought to praise him for the this and that he's already brought you through. She says, the Lord is my shepherd. Shall not want. Maketh me lie down in green pastures. Finally, I'm taking my seat. The Lord is my good shepherd because before he blesses me he has to stretch me is there anybody here today that feels stretched anybody here today feels like you've taken about as much as you can take reason why we know that that God of David's the God that stretches him before he blesses him is because David says that the Lord makes me lie down. Now that word make, one of his definitions simply means to stretch. So David says, before the Lord. Y'all going to help me here? Before the Lord blesses him. The Lord has to first stretch him. Well, David, why would God have to stretch you before he blesses you? David says that God has to stretch me before he blesses me. Because at the end of the day, God wants to make sure that nobody but him gets the praise for all the great things that he has done. And I'm in my seat today when I tell somebody that you ought to thank God today that God has a way of stretching us before he blesses us. Because whenever God stretches us, he allows us to develop what I like to call some credibility for our testimony. See, I don't like people that always has advice for everybody else. 
but they don't have enough faith to follow their own advice. And I want to tell somebody today that you ought to learn how to follow your own advice. Before you start giving other people advice about their situations. David says that I can't help anybody until I've first been through some things. And I want to tell somebody that what you're going through today is not for you. The pain that you're suffering through today is not for you. The misery that you're dealing with today is not for you. But what you're going through is God's way of preparing you to walk into your purpose for the kingdom. And I want to tell somebody today that you ought to not wait till the battle is over to praise the Lord. But you ought to find it in your heart to praise the Lord with anticipation that he is going to do what he said that he would. Is there anybody here that can say that I praise the Lord? Not because everything in life is going my way, but I praise the Lord simply because he promised in his word that he would never leave me or forsake me. Is there any single mother in the room today? When you think about how you raised them kids and you didn't know how things were going to work out for you. But when you looked around and thought things through, God somehow made a way for you to raise your kids. Is there anybody here that has ever lost a job before and you didn't know how things were going to work out for you? But not only did God give you another job, but he actually took you to another level in your new position. And I want to know, do I have anybody here that can say, I thank God for the stretching before the blessing because had I not went through what I went through I would have never learned how to pray is there anybody here that can say I thank God for everything I've been through because it's through my pain I learned to pray it's through my strife I learned to strive it's through disappointments I learned to be a disciple it's through trouble that I've learned to trust. It's through pain that I've learned to pray. And I want to say, Lord, thank you. Thank you for every valley. Thank you for every heartache. Thank you for every disappointment. Thank you for every misunderstanding. Thank you for every broke relationship. Because had I not went through what I went through, I wouldn't be where I am right now. So you ought to just turn to your neighbor and say neighbor be not dismayed whatever be tied God will take care of you is there anybody here that can say I might not have an organ but I praise God the psalmist said I will
live. Bless the Lord at all times. His praises shall continually be in my mouth. Is there anybody here that can say, I will bless the Lord? You ought to say yes to his will. Yes to his way. Thank you, Jesus. Bless your name. He's worthy. I said he's worthy to be praised. Is there anybody here that can say, I thank you, God, for all I've went through. I praise your name because he's worthy to be praised. Come on, he's worthy to be praised. Come on, come on, he's worthy. Come on, he's worthy. To be praised. You can't sit on God right here. He's worthy to be praised. Come on. He he woke you up. He's worthy. Come on. He forgave you of your sins. He's worthy to be praised. Is there anybody here that can just say he's worthy? He's worthy. He's worthy. Come on. Think about what he brought you through last year and just he's worthy. Think about what you went through two years ago and you still here to say, tell somebody that God will make a way. God is a provider. He's worthy. He's worthy. He's worthy. He's worthy. He's worthy. He's worthy. I got to tell you, this time last year, I didn't know where I would be. Had lost a job. Had been voted out of a church. Had a seminary professor that just didn't seem to want to give me a break. Needed two classes to graduate pastor. This one professor just seemed to be on me. But God, I should never forget. Lost a job, voted out of a church. Didn't know if I was going to graduate from seminary. Went to the chapel one day at school. Sat there and was crying. God said, do I have your attention now? All I've been trying to do is get your attention. See that job I gave you, you put it before me. That church I allowed you to pastor, you put it before me. That seminary degree, you put it before me. And all I've been trying to do is get your attention. Do you hear me now? I said, Lord, here I am. I yield, I yield. Here I am. Do what you want to with me, God. Use me how you want to use me, God. I, I promise that I will praise your name. God said, that's all. I've been wanting to hear you say. He gave me another job. 
Worked that job for six months. Got another job. But the thing is, y'all, I never had to quit either one of them. He made it so that I was able to keep both jobs. Then he put it on my wife's heart. Why don't we just start a ministry? Girl, start a ministry? No. I ain't doing this church stuff no more. She said, but you don't have the right to tell God what you ain't going to do. If your wife is anything like mine, she said, in fact, that's the reason why you in the situation that you in now. Because you was too busy telling God instead of letting God tell you. So we started a ministry. Then not only did we start the ministry, but that same professor who failed me the first time, the next semester I took him again. And I should never forget, turned in my last paper. He said, I don't know what you've done since last semester. She said, but you turned out to be one of the best students that I've ever had. With tears in his eyes, put his arms around me and said that I'm so proud of you. There's a lot of people that would have gave up when I failed them the first time. But somehow, some way, you mustered up enough faith to come and give it another shot. And all I'm trying to tell somebody today is, is that whatever it is that you may be dealing with, whatever it is you might be going through, whatever your struggle is today, I'm here today to tell you don't give up on God. Because he won't give up on you. And as I'm in my seat, as we stand, as we stand all over the sanctuary today, I simply came here today not for form, not for fashion, not to please man. But I simply came here today to tell somebody, do not quit don't give up you love your pastor I know you love your pastor 